to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. I am your host, Kellen Conley, and to my across, all the way from San Antonio, Texas, is the one, the only, Marcus showing Mad Love Robinson. Yes. And it's that time of year, and it's that time of the, the time in the podcast history where it's time for Marcus to come back, but it's also that time of the year where we're going to do a wrap-up. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's, it's just a few questions about 2019, but we're going to talk about some some things. Yeah, man. And, so. and Marcus has a carefully curated list, a brief list, he says, of topics. And so, first off, how are you, Marcus? How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm I'm living, man. I'm living for the city. <laughs> That's all I gotta do, man. Now it's it was seventy degrees, man. Like seventy degrees a week before Christmas, man. Like I'll I'll take that, man. Like I shit, man. I. I don't miss snow at all. Fuck snow. <laughs> so that's all I got to say about that. Thankfully, knock on some wood. I guess I'll just tap my floor here. Knock on some wood. We really haven't had any problems with snow. We've had some pretty cold temperatures, but like I'd say like it was 24 this morning. But then it, t- it, it was supposed to get up to like 50 something. I don't think it quite made it today, but tomorrow's supposed to be in 50 something. So I'll take that week before Christmas. Yeah, man, take it. <laughs> take it and run with it, man. Fuck it, as long as you don't get yeah, snuck. No question at all. So we're actually back on the... Whoops. I accidentally muted my mic. We're actually back on the Skype machine. <laughs> and I say Skype machine because that's how we used to record. And then, of course, uh, I, my laptop is trash, and it won't let me log on to Skype. But now, thanks to the wonderful people over at Microsoft, I can now literally hit record on my Skype app and it's been recording all of this fire that we've been talking about for a hundred for 108 minutes, an hour and eight minutes, even <laughs> though we just started the show there is, it's been recording and it's awesome. So no more hangouts for us. It doesn't look like, and I'm sure Lamarique will be super happy to hear about this. <laughs> shout out to Lamarique. Yeah, man. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to, uh, to handsome Bane. Shout out to the whole brain trust and the crew and stuff. But Marcus, um, so I said, what do you want to talk about? And when I said that to you, can you explain to the people what we're going to be doing here this evening? All right. So tonight it's sort of like what we did at the end of last year, where just want to take a look back at the year 2018, uh, some of the highs, some of the lows. And sort of where we want to go to uh, go through uh, for 2019. Um, so, so yeah, man. So the first question, which is you know the most obvious and the most important question, 2018 was a trash, super trash, 
not that bad. Or not that bad. I'm going to say not that bad. Um, I know I've been seeing a lot of people on social on the social meds lately popping up like, oh, I can't wait for 2018 to be over. Blah, 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 blah. 2018 took this from us. I mean, let's be real. 2016 was still the worst. We lost our princess. We <laughs> lost our prince. We lost so many great talents. And then not to mention that we had one of the most devastating elections of, to at least, to people of color at least, in recent memory. Um, I mean, we shitted on the woman candidate pretty much, and I, that that's where the whole hashtag men are trash thing started right there. <laughs> with Hillary in a way. So is 2018 trash? I'm not going to say it's trash. I, I think 2018 was pretty productive for myself. I, I don't remember it being like too awful as far as, oh my God, I can't wait for this year to be over. Lots of uh, controversial things still happen in the news, but that's kind of like every year. But there was nothing of a level of like uh, your man's getting shot in the car while his girlfriend held a camera or anything along the lines of, um, I mean, we ha- had some tragedies, though. A lot of stupid shootings. A lot of those, especially when they felt like they're coming back to back. But I'm going to say it was not that bad compared to at least 16 and 17. What do you think? Um, well, I think it's important to look at the context of 2018. And if you really stop to think about it, um, I think you touched on this like for a hot second on your last pod, but we really are in a civil rights era. And, you know, this isn't shit that we saw in our shitty textbooks in public school. Like, we are really in the midst of people fighting and people dying for their rights, you know, for their right to live, for their right to love, uh, for their right to vote. Like, you know, we are really in the midst of people holding on to traditions based in hate, based in racism, based in phobias out the ass. And we, they're being met with people who are just saying, no, like we're, we're not going to stand for this shit anymore. Like we're not going to just let you take our rights away from us. And on that front, like, you know, I think that we, I think it's going to get a lot harder before it gets easier. And oh, yeah. so, so like, you're going to see like a lot more voter suppression stories where there are countless, countless of ballots, mail ballots that haven't been opened or laws that are set to deter minority voters from voting, gerrymandering, like, you know, it's going to get really hard before it gets easy. And, we are going to get to a point where, you know, the country is going to have to make the decision again to either elect a candidate that is professional, that is intelligent, or, you know, nom- uh, re-elect, you know, a racist psychopath. So, like, I mean, and I mean, I'm not going to lie, like, I'm I'm really prepared for the re-election of Trump. Oh, and, yeah, I am too. And... I I really think that if he gets reelected, I have no clue where sort of socially, 
politically, like, I have no clue where the country would go if he gets reelected. But I do think that it is swelling this sort of this swelling this sort of need for people to act and for need to people to be boisterous. And I mean, like, I mean, with Barack being elected and reelected, he his mere presence invited racists to come out the woodwork to support Trump. And so now we're seeing like the inverse. Trump's presence is swelling people that's like, no, like we are going to fight for our rights. Like all Mexicans aren't rapists. Like we're not going to build a fucking wall to keep people out. Like we're not going to do these things that are just going to isolate us from the rest of the world. And on that front, it is trash that we have to do these things, but it is a very good thing to see people, not only on social media, but people actually protesting, um, you know, for for the rights, not only for themselves, but for other people also. And so so we're going to have to get to some hard-ass questions. Like, a question we're going to have to eventually get to is, what are white people going to do to save this country? And minorities are going to vote, you know, to protect other minorities, but white people are going to come to a pass where it, they're going to have to really address the fact that they have power in this country and that they are going to have to lose power. And by losing power, it doesn't mean that, oh, black people are going to run the world, you know, gay people are going to run the world, Mexicans are going to run the world. It's about actually sharing this, these rights. And it's about if I get pulled over by a cop, I should feel like a white man. I should feel like I'm not going to die in this scenario. That if I get a speeding ticket, I'll just get my ticket and go. Or if I if I apply for a job, I can just apply like a white man, where I'm just basically going to get in there on the credentials, on my credentials and my strength, not because you know of some getting discriminated on some other shit. Yeah. So. So, I mean, these are hard-ass questions that the country has to face. And so we're, we are really in the moment of where we are holding people accountable for their action. And that is a good thing. That is a very, very good thing. It's a very hard thing. It's a very tough thing. But it is still a very, very good thing. Um, for me, like, I mean, this year has been a fucking roller coaster. So, right. so like, I mean, it's it's been kind of trash, but I'm still... I'm still holding on to, you know, at least hope that 2019 will be better. And I mean, that's all we can do, especially once it's this time of year and you're just waiting on that new year for that fresh start. Yeah, man. I mean, shit. Like, I think, I don't think there's ever been, there hasn't been like many years where I've sort of thought that, you know, the new year, this is going to be my year or whatever. But I think this year for myself, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to tackle it in that sort of mindset and sort of work harder than I have before for working toward my goals. And so like anyone listening to this, I think you should do the same thing. I think that if there's things that you want to accomplish, you want to work on for yourself, you know, professionally or, you know, privately or whatever. Like, I think, you know, this is a year that you should be going for those things. And I'm going to try to do it, man. I'm going to try to make 2019 a year that 
is very fruitful in a lot of ways. And so uh, hopefully that shit comes true, man. Hopefully that shit comes true. Well, now that you mentioned it, you do have down here, you're, you're asking about what goals, personal and or professional, do you have for 2019? Like, were, were you wanting to kind of say some of the things you want to want to do or you kind of want to keep it close to your your vest and and like what what do you think do you want to kind of put put it out on the line that you plan on doing this and or was that really just a question for me and i just kind of blew up your spot (laughs) (laughs) i mean no i mean i you know we're equal footing in this current podcast so (laughs) okay yeah like i mean uh for me myself like i I need to get into the teaching profession. Like this is something that I went to school for and it's something that I delayed for a long ass time for numerous reasons that I'm not going to get into this podcast, but, (laughs) but I, I delayed it for too long. And so, um, right now I am doing, um, certification classes to get certified in Texas and whenever school presumes at the beginning of the year, I'm going to, you know, get some observation hours and start studying for exams I have to take to get certified. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, this time next year, I'm taking Christmas vacation because I'm, you know, at some school somewhere in San Antonio. So, so that's my professional goal that I have for myself. Um, Sort of like a personal goal is to you know, try to make something happen with my writing. Um, as you've addressed on this podcast before, uh, I have taken sort of a lead from writing from my personal blog for different reasons. Uh, You're my semi-regular co-host. I got to tell people what's going on with you. And like I always said, you sponsored the show. I couldn't be like, hey, guys, keep going to Mark Rob, even though you're not writing anymore. <laughs> you know, I totally just did that on episode 79. <laughs> I, I totally know. But, well, no, like, I mean, I think that I've, I've been getting sort of the, I've been getting sort of it back in me to write. And so I do think I am sort of in the middle of a writer's block, which really does suck. Um, but I am... I'm getting sort of the um, getting sort of the flavor to sort of write again, and so I think I think I'm going to push myself to try to publish something before December 31st. Nice. Um, I for my for my blog, like I've had it for like the last like year and a half, and so I try to do like a a final post for the year. Um, I want to continue that tradition for this year. Um, I haven't, I haven't written anything, um, in quite a couple of months, but I want to try to get something on my blog before December 31st. Um, but other than that, like I sort of like a personal goal would be sort of get into photography more. Um, I got a, for my last birthday, I got a camera for my birthday. And so. I've been trying to be a little bit self-taught in it. Um, this last uh, Thanksgiving, I went home. I got a lot of great shots in my family. Oh, um, nice. But yeah, but I want to try to continue to make that sort of art better. Because I can't rap. <laughs> <laughs> I can't rap and I can't draw, but 
Um, I I pretend that I have a good eye for taste, and so maybe it will maybe it will man, manifest into actual good photography. Well, that's what's up, man. Yeah, man. And then, and then also be on as many episodes of Hyphenation as possible in 2019. <laughs> I got you. Let's just throw that out there. <laughs> and and I, I just saw your tweet. So I'm definitely going to hit you with the like button. And someone has already replied to you. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> oh my God. People Shout 90s. out to Ahmed Johnson, man. 97 in WWF was the wildest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. That's all I got to say, man. Yeah, let's just let's just go read the man's tweets. At Show and Mad Love. S-H-O-W-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V. Go, oh. go take a look. Oh, my God. I think the second picture got in my profile picture. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. This is... This is the only time lynching is funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, since you blew up my spot, I got to blow up your spot now. So, okay. One of the questions that, as you said, as you already said, I had was what are some of the goals you have, you know, professionally or personal that you have for 2019? And I know that, you know, recently you had the reunion show um, for you and your crew. Um, in Morgantown, mm-hmm. and we talked privately, you know, about you know some of the ideas you had circulating for music. Uh, can we expect some bars with fifty Z's behind it? Can we expect some bars from Be Hyphen in twenty nineteen? Um, fuck it. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I did. Get inspired from the whole Sound Vision reunion. I, because I think he came to me and told me about that in August. And I did get inspired by the whole idea. I was like, you know what? I mean, it's been, at this time, it's been four years since I released my debut album. And I was like, let me, let me just see what I got. And honestly, I, I did write a verse. First time in a, in a while, it's only one verse. I wrote it the night Mac died, and oh. I haven't come back to it. Yeah, um, I haven't picked it back up, but I did. Was well, no, it was two verses actually. It was the first verse and two ver two two verses of something, and then I have a whole bunch of beats that I have on my phone right now, and I haven't haven't went back to them in a minute. But I, I would really like to release some kind of second album in 2019, and God willing, I'd like to even throw together like a, a ten joint mixtape if if possible on some industry beats, just to kind of. And I was thinking I would do that just to kind of get get the feel of things back going, you know. But that that's one of my goals. Um, professionally, I I just want to continue to kind of grow in my current position. At my current job, um, I'm kind of thinking about here lately, seeing kind of dipping my toe into the resume world again and seeing what's out there. Uh-huh. I'm not dissatisfied with my job, but I'm at the same time I'm I kind of want to see what my options are, which I've never really done in in my professional career. It's always been like get a job, keep it for as long as I can, and 
find another job when the money isn't right or I get fired. Shout out to Huntington. Not really. <laughs> um, but I, I'm going to, I want to really kind of apply for a few different things and kind of see what happens, like seriously apply and maybe even go to a couple interviews. And if I don't like, I don't know, just to kind of, I mean, it's kind of messed up if I'm toying with an employer, but at the same time, like if I, if someone wants me to come in, I'm fuck, I can go in and tell them like, look, I'm, I'm here to see what, what you can offer. Like I got, I'm in a good position right now where I'm happy, but at the same time, I, I, I want to kind of branch out if, if this is something I could branch out into. So I, I might actually start doing that. That's something that, uh, uh, my friend Shiv does a lot where he, uh, I don't know if he does it as much, but at least a few years ago, he was always constantly looking and always constantly applying for jobs where he's just looking for something better and different and stuff. And he's had a lot of different jobs and held them for a certain amount of time. But the experiences that he, he gained doing that, especially since he was doing it in his late 20s, um, it's all stuff that looks great on your resume. And I'm not trying to build my resume or anything, but you just never know what else is out there. That's my whole mindset. Um, so no, like, you, we're like, a, I'm sorry. What? No, I was going to say like, no, that's a, that's a good mindset to have. I mean, because if we're being real, like, you know, being employees, sometimes the employers, they, they don't, I think their loyalty only comes to, you know, a certain it, it stops at a certain point if we're being very honest and mm -hmm. I mean because if you think about it like when so think about it like this when people say oh you should you know give your jobs two week notice before you quit I mean these jobs aren't giving you two weeks notice before they fire your ass right. <laughs> like, like you need to have loyalty I think when you're in the job I think there is a certain sort of um you know, I guess maybe respect that you should have for the position in a way and for the company. But at the same time, I mean, seeking out what's best for you and best for your family. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like you're responsible to, you know, your family and to yourself. And so there's something that's better that's out there. That's even if it pays the same or, you know, gives you opportunity to earn more and to advance. I mean, you really need to, you know, explore that for yourself and, you know, weigh your options. Um, so, yeah, man, I think that you should sort of put yourself out there. And and I know you, I know you, we talked, you know, about your position and I know that, you know, you have a lot of good things to say about your job, but at the same time, I mean, spreading yourself out there and seeing what's out there in Morgantown and, you know, trying to advance, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, man. Right. And, and yeah, so that's what I'm I'm trying to do. But um, I, I'm I'm trying to. I don't know for if, if the whole network is quite there yet, but I, I'm going to be trying to find more ways to honestly start bringing revenue into the show somehow, even if it's little um, ads that you can do on Anchor and stuff like that. Like a lot of the shows are on Anchor now. This show's on Anchor now because. I found out that you can just kind of sign up for sponsorships and it's for free. And I was like, well, hell, why don't I just do a freaking move everything to anchor and get in on these free sponsorships. So that's the reason that I moved over there. So I'm looking to figure out a way to kind of monetize this a little bit better. Uh, there's t-shirts people in case you're interested <laughs> podcast group.com um, under the shop link. I, I would like to monetize this a little bit. 
but even outside of uh out of outside of podcasting and my work goals um uh, another thing I want to do is kind of like you I want to get back to writing because I haven't been writing at all it's all been podcasting and I, I have this whole website whole ass website hyphenuniverse.com just sitting there and I, I was I'm really wanting to at least get back to doing the once a week column um I don't know what's going to be called it might just be around random things but if I can knock out a the goal is a, a thousand words. Fifteen hundred would be great, but um, just knock out a quick fifteen hundred about a certain topic um during the week, and I and I, I do have the time, like in my downtime, like even on a lunch break, I could sit there and work on it throughout the week and just kind of post it once a week once it's done. I really want to get back to that. I really should really try to get back in my creative writing because I keep looking at all these great ideas that I love. And I'm like, man, if I ever put some of my creative stuff to paper, maybe I could make some money off of it too, or hell, just inspire somebody else, which is the most important thing to me with something I put down and I never take the time to do that. So that might be something that I use, I put into the column just to be creative in some sort. So I want to get back to writing. Um, and another thing I'm kind of interested in, it's kind of like my, my pet project. And I don't even know if anybody would be interested in me doing it. But um, one of the things I do a lot on YouTube is I literally sit there and watch certain people just play video games and listen to their commentary. And it's not like I can't sit there and watch somebody play God of War. That's not my thing. But like I, I've watched Telltale tell, tell games like The Walking Dead games and the Wolf Among Us, um, which is about uh, the Fables comic book, and just about different in Red Dead Redemption. I watched a playthrough um, of that on all through Thanksgiving and a few days after. Even though I knew the whole story of Red Dead, I still watched this guy play it. And I, I'm kind of interested in doing that on the channel a little bit, on my YouTube channel. I don't even know if there's any interest in anybody doing it, but that would really just be for my own benefit, just to see if I could do it. and maybe pull it off if I took the time to, to get all the right equipment. That's like my, my pet project. And I, I don't even know if I'll ever get to it. Cause I, I got to get a capture card and everything else in order to do all that shit. Right. So I don't know if I ever get to that, but that's just something in the back of my mind. And then the other thing that I'd like to do is there's a couple, um, a couple of my friends who I do music with that I really want to help them get some new music out in 2019. Like, Johnny Harmonic and uh, my friend Wills P and stuff like they, they've never actually released a full project of their own and stuff. And it's like, man, it's 2019 and we ain't doing nothing to getting older. Like let's try to figure this thing out and get y'all some music out. Um, so I, that's another one of my projects I'd like to do. So I, I have a lot of ideas, um, you know, a lot of things I, I, w I would like to do. And of course, continue this podcast and, the goal would be to actually do 52 episodes in a year. That would be wonderful, but we're getting there. This is go. This is like the 34th episode of the year now. So since uh, the beginning of January. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I definitely know that, you know, like it's in a way sometimes of writing, uh, or, you know, just being creative, um, you know, you, and, you know, you got a family, you know, you know, that, that definitely deserves time and attention also. 
And so sometimes, you know, the artistic side, you know, it can get put to the back at times. Um, but I think, yeah, I think all those things deserve a shot. Like, I think all those things deserve a chance. And so, hell, I mean, be hyphen executive producer. Because um, the funny, I didn't know you, I didn't know, like, uh, uh, you said Johnny Armani, he didn't have an album. I didn't even know that. I thought they, I thought they had an album already. He, he never, he never released his own solo project, man. Can you believe that? Damn, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. I mean, he he came close like seven years ago. Like, you know, I think he was he was getting himself in a position to finally put something out, but then I uh, had some life stuff come up, and he had to move back to to West Virginia from L.A. and it just it just never fully formed, man. And he's he's a perfectionist too, so there's a lot a lot of that goes into him being perfectionist. But I, I really think that the opportunity is there for him to grab him, that people will want to hear what he has to say. And I want to I wanna help him do it. Executive, I'm going to talk to him hopefully in the next few weeks about it. Executive producer hyphen, man. Got a nice ring to it? Yeah, hell yeah. I'll, I'll executive produce your album. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, if I do an album, it would be all skits, so be ready. It's fine. Freaky <laughs> Zeke, man. Oh man! Oh, speaking of skits, do you remember the Dipset movies from YouTube back in the day? Um, like, like the, they were literally drawn in paint, and it's called Dipset the movie. And there was like some dude literally did like a whole bunch of parts of them. Vaguely, I vaguely remember. Oh my god! If I, I it just came to me because uh, me and me and my boy Kwame we used to radio together. We would uh, always be stuck in a radio station between classes. We just go on YouTube and look at dumb shit like I'm the Juggernaut bitch and stuff like that. But the Dipset movies were hilarious, and it was literally just people literally drew the diplomats in paint, and then they did voices for them, and they they were like six or seven minute videos, and I used to love those things, and I said Freaky Ziki, and it reminded me of them so. There's your uh, old man knowledge for today. <laughs> well, thanks for blessing us. We appreciate oh, it. Oh, <laughs> the movie, the entire series. I'm going to send it to you now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, I think from I think from this year and looking forward to next year, I think our big thing is just sort of just sort of putting ourselves out there professionally and yes. and creatively. And push the boundaries to see where we can go. I mean, I think you being the executive producer for your friend's musical album, I think that's a great fucking thing. Like, if I, um, shit, if one day I happen to get paid to write, that'd be a great fucking thing. So, Don't yeah, worry. man, it's it's just about trying. Like, to try, and if it doesn't work, just try something new. Fuck, we out here, man. And Yeah, man. So, yeah. So... Now we look forward a bit earlier than I wanted to. <laughs> so, <Whoops. laughs> nah, it's all good. So let's 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 analyze 2018 a little bit closer. Um, I saw a, I saw a segue and I just went for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, but looking back at 2018, like you said, like we touched on a little bit before, like you know, this is sort of like a a moment in time where there's a lot of conflict and so a lot of sort of 
everything is in the air. Like no one knows what's going to happen for our future. Like, mm. you know, yeah, whatever. But looking back at this year, let's talk a little bit about sort of the positives. What from 2018 would you say is sort of the most underrated thing or underappreciated thing from this last year? <sighs> I really should have wrote down some answers. <laughs> I'm going to try to the top of my head for this. Most underrated thing for 2018. Um, you, you know, I really feel like some real-ass movies came out from a minority perspective. And I feel like that was really big. And, and not just from, like, Okay, these are critically acclaimed. They're going to win. They're going to get nominated for an Oscar kind of thing. I really think that there was some blockbuster ass movies that came out from a minority people of color perspective. Mainly Black Panther, but then you have Wrinkle and Tom. You have but here. Let's take let's even from outside of people a uh, person of color perspective. You had an an Ocean's Eleven reboot led by all women. Ocean's Eight. There were there was a lot of strides made in Hollywood as far as what came across the screen and was given and was given a push as this is a a must see movie. And I feel like that goes a long way in changing perspectives, but also um, it gives a lot of in, uh, not insight. It, it gives a lot of inspiration to the younger generation seeing that these people of color and minorities are in these major motion pictures and getting a chance to tell stories that they can relate to, or even, okay, women burglars, that's a little unrelatable, but still, <laughs> you still see that these women are carrying the franchise. Um, you still see that despite him supposed to be the villain, you still see Michael B. Jordan able to gain sympathy as Eric Killmonger in Black Panther. You're able to see what Ava was able to do with Wrinkle and Tom. Um, just, and I feel like I'm leaving out so much stuff on top of that. But I, I really do feel like there was a lot of positive messages coming from at least the movie media. And even even on a small screen level too, with uh, like some of the stuff that Netflix and Hulu is responsible for this year, um, I, I just think things are continuing to. I, I think more thought is being put into what is going out there and being put out for mass consumption as far as entertainment and who's going to see it and what it's going to mean to that person outside of just uh, we're going to put together Avengers sixteen and make seventeen million thousand um, dollars. I really think some thought and care is being put into these projects. And I think that's underrated. That's my answer off the top of my head. <laughs> if that didn't make any sense, my bad. I mean, the funny thing is, like, I was actually, my answer was film. Um, <laughs> my, my answer actually was film and television. Like, um, speaking on what you're saying about sort of minority cultures getting bigger voices in these artistic platforms, uh, not only had Black Panther, he had Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy, um, yeah, I thought of it before I started talking, and it didn't come out. Yes, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, so I mean that was a really that was a really fun, really uh, beautiful 
uh, you know, good romantic comedy. That was a good mm-hmm. And even on a small screen, um, I actually think the um, my favorite television show of the year is Pose. And Pose is a story oh, about yeah. black and brown transgenders um, coming of age in New York City in the mid to late 80s. And so, I mean, this is a show about the minorities of the minorities of the minorities. And, Amen. Yeah, and so it's really, you know, on that show, they do a lot of sort of beautiful things where it's about people fighting for love and about people wanting love and about people building these families and these friendships with people who've been ostracized by society. Uh-huh. And, I mean, they've been ostracized by people within their own um, you know, within their own subset of their culture, like you have, you have these brown and black people who who not even are accepted by gay white people. Um, you know, they're made to feel less than because they cross dress and they have right. gay culture. Um, a movie that I, oh, well, a documentary that I saw a couple of years ago that was really fascinating uh, was called um, Paris is Burning. And it's a documentary about um, gay um, and trans people from New York City in the late 80s. And, like, they deal with, like, a level of poverty and a level of hate that they're subjected to that, I mean, it's just, it's it's really sad to really think about. Um, Pose, they, they do a really good job of just showing you the poverty that they actually go through. And the discrimination that they have to face on a daily basis, um, but that show, even though these people are going through these very s- seemingly traumatic times, they can still find love with the people that they make these bonds with and make these families with. Right. And, and I mean, this is a show that shows you know black men kissing, and not just sort of pecks like they're just going they're going at it. <laughs> these boys are going <laughs> at it, <laughs> but. I mean, that's still like a very beautiful show and it's showing black people and brown people, you know, loving. Being, they show these people being human. And so, yeah, like, I think that these people are getting, you know, a big voice from this big platform from FX. Um, later this year on Christmas, if Bill Street Could Talk is going to come out and that's a movie directed by Barry Jenkins. And that's based off of a James Baldwin novel. Yeah, and it's based off the James Baldwin novel, and I'm not gonna like sort of spoil the movie, or whatever. But it's basically about these this young black couple who finds love with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Widows earlier this year, uh, well, a couple of months ago, uh, and that was about you know these women who were married and their husbands all died, but they were all heist men, and so they have to perform this heist now, but. That movie is really, really good. Um, I, for some reason, it kind of, it did sort of just okay at the box office. But if anyone who's actually saw Widows, like they really, really fuck with Widows. So uh, that's if anyone has not seen Widows yet, I would definitely recommend seeing it. While some theaters, it's a very, very good movie. Um, Daniel Kalu is in it. He's from Get Out. Uh, oh yeah. Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta. Um, Paperboy, he's in there. He's really fucking good in it. Um, uh, Viola Davis. Um, 
you know, she's fucking phenomenal in it. Michelle Rodriguez from uh, Fast and Furious franchises. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're really good actors in this movie. And so, um, so yeah, I recommend checking that out. And you know, that's a movie about minority women and you know, just women in general and how they're basically seen, you know, as less than like they're they're women, so they possibly can't pull off this sort of big this big job, this big score. And right. I'm not gonna ruin it, but you know, it's about their journey and you know how everything plays out with that. So so yeah, man, I mean that's that's what the times are. Like this we are in the times of, you know, people getting their voices heard. And for people who for years they weren't able to get their voices heard, but now they are. So and it can be it doesn't have to be all autobiographical. It can be fantasy, it can be science fiction. Um Doctor Who, they have their first woman doctor. Um so a lot of people were very excited about that. I was I don't watch the show, but <laughs> but right. you know, people are still getting their you know, people are still getting voices where they weren't getting their voices heard before. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And so I do think even the the movie experience this year, uh, television experience this year has been very great. Um, I saw Infinity War five times in the movie <laughs> Like You, that you was, were blessed, sir. I mean, I tried, man. I tried. <laughs> uh, a lot of, um, a lot of, Give cards. I was too traumatized to go back more than once, man. Oh man, I, I, I maybe I should have. Like I, I caught Black Panther twice in the theater, but I was definitely too traumatized to go back for a second time for Infinity War. Oh man. Well, we're well, we're gonna talk about Infinity War on a on a later date on a grander yes. pod. Um, but yeah, Infinity, Infinity War was definitely in the business. Um, but. Yeah, I think just sort of the visual art in general. Even going back to Atlanta, um, I mean, shit, Atlanta was fucking phenomenal this last season. Mm. Um, yes, it was. I did a whole pod about Atlanta too. That was episode seventy. No, no, it was sixty, sixty-five, maybe. That's probably wrong. I don't know. I'm not looking. So no podcast one on one. You can go look at the feed. And tell me later if I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, man, I mean, and look at, I mean, everyone from that show, like, you know, for the most part, they're branching off and doing their own thing. Um, and I'm guessing even next year we're probably going to get music from Donald, so I mean, that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, uh, I thought we were going to get it this year, but we're going, we're going to get at least one last Childish Gambino album. I don't think he's done making music. And honestly, I don't think it's the last Childish Gambino um, album. I think this has all just been a, a um, the work. Uh, yes, a work to, to match the wrestling uh, on on Gambino's part. I think we may after this album, he may step away for a while, but I don't think he'll ever actually. I don't think he'll actually just come back as Donald Glover or anything. I think if he comes back and does more music, it's going to be Gambino regardless. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean people know him as that from his music, and I. I mean it's. I mean I guess it's sort of like a thing where like no one's going to confuse Donald Glover and Childish Gambino anymore. Like we know he is, you know, this person, and so mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I mean if he decides to just go, his music is built as Donald Glover. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's the Charles Gambino thing. I mean, he's he's given us a lot of great, you know, music as Charles Gambino. Um, so don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Basically, <laughs> that that's that's what I'm saying too, man. I um I just kind of want some Gambino bars again. I don't know if we'll ever get them. He he's kind of moved into this into the singing space now. I mean, I guess this is America kind of had bars, but, you know, I want honest to guy Gambino because of the internet kind of bars. And I don't know if, I don't know if that's in him anymore. Maybe he just didn't have the desire. Maybe, maybe it's something that we'll get a couple years from now, but uh, as long as we're getting Gambino music, I guess I should just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that's basically Pretty it. much. Like, I mean, because I think the funding is, I think he was, I think he definitely had like a, a bubbling as a rapper. So whenever Camp dropped and because the internet dropped, um, I think that, I think he was able to grasp sort of the last blog era of fans. Mm-hmm. You know, with his last album coming out and with um, Kawhi, um, I think that he, I personally think he's found his niche with making just sort of new era, soul, throwback, funk, R&B. With the Wake My Love. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah. I mean, he hasn't put out, I mean, I think you can, you know, I think people can prefer, you know, because the internet or camp over Awaken My Love, but there's no arguing that Awaken My Love lapped as far as just reach it lapped it lapped both of those projects like 10. oh yeah a hundred percent yeah excuse me yeah i cannot agree more so as long as we get some kind of gambino and i get another season of lana because i like i said on the pod when i did it i didn't think we were going to get a season three i really expect them to come like well they wanted to renew us but i said no <laughs> No, nah, if they didn't, oh. no, nah, there's no way they couldn't do season three. I think season three probably going to be the last season, but there have been no way they couldn't have done a third season. I don't know, man. Like I, I, that would be such a Donald move to not come back for the for the third season. But you know what, though, I say that if it was only him involved, I, it'd be easier for him to pull that move. But considering it's given the whole writing team is like a bunch of his friends and stuff and his brother, um, Steven. And then you think about the cast and all the people work behind the scenes. That's a lot of people put out of work just because you feel like being Chano's Gambino about something. So you're absolutely right about that. I didn't take that in consideration. <laughs> but yeah, man, I shit. It'd be funny if he, <laughs> it'd be funny if he drops the album and like the, the month after, like, oh yeah, Atlanta's coming back. Like that would be fucking nuts. Uh, wow. That definitely would be would be something else. Kim oh, Gambino had another another solid year, man. Like nobody thought we were gonna get this as America. Like that that came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, like I can't remember when it dropped, but I just remember. I don't even remember how I found it, but it was just like. No, wasn't he on SNL or some shit like that? And then he just, he happened to drop it, like the same night he was on SNL, if I remember correctly. 
Uh, yeah, when he was on SNL, he did two songs. He did um, This Is America, and he did like a, another sort of... Um, he did like a... The summer song that got so, uh, Zoe Kravitz to introduce it. Yeah, it was sort of like a... It was a very sort of like light dance hall-esque song. And the funny yes. thing is, I'm not even going to lie, I like that song better, but he never dropped it. He, he hasn't released it yet. Yeah, it's better than both of the, the two songs that he came out with a few months ago. I, I really like that song, too. Yeah. And so the only thing that exists is the, the SNL performance. Um, so, yeah, if I had to guess, I, mean, I think he's... It, I hope he drops first quarter next year. Um, but who knows? Well, the tour is... I think it wraps up this weekend in L.A., and then he's officially done with touring. So uh, I don't think we'll have to wait much longer before we hear something. But uh, where, where are we uh, taking this podcast now? Now we did the most underrated thing. I guess the most next thing would be overrated thing, right, from 2018? Oh, yes. And well, so- I'm going to let you uh, take that one away since you made me go first. Last time, and I was like, uh, 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 and then we came up with the same answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, it kind of pains me to say you might have to get your fire extinguisher out for this take, buddy. Uh oh, okay. The most overrated thing from 2018, I gotta say, it's gotta be Drake. Oh, that ain't a fire extinguisher thing, man. Oh, you don't? No, man. And I'll tell you why. I mean, Drake had a chance to really... He he had a chance to put out that project, and I just totally took the topic away from you. He uh, had a chance to put out that project that really made people say, yo, this dude... It's the solidified a discography. Because... The early stuff leading up until nothing was the same. Everybody was like, yeah, this is dope, this is dope, this is dope, you know. But then we're looking at, we're about to go into year 10 of Drake as a, as a mainstream popular artist. Think about that shit. Yeah. And he's coming out with this album. And then you think about year 10 of Hove. That was, that was 2006. Hove had already dropped a bunch of albums retired and was coming back with kingdom come in 2006 he had already made his point with with the blueprint and with volume two and was reasonable several times over by that point but after views it was a moment and a time for drake to really come out and make a statement and say look i am everything that y'all think i am and i am all the things that i think i am and it, it was just a statement project and it was such a massive flop. I want to hand it back to you. Um, well, I think, I think it is a hot take primarily because commercially he's still not a flop. Like he's still, other yes. than, actually I would say probably even beyond Beyonce, he's, he's the most bankable North American musical act we have now. Like there's like, He's going to sell out. He, I mean, he was on tour this year. Like, his album is going to do, like, his album did, like, incredible numbers. 
Um, he's Spotify's top artist this year, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he, like, the reach of Drake is undeniable. And so, to deny at this point would just be ludicrous. But my point of him being overrated is for the fact that I feel like we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of So Far Gone next year. Yeah, and, and we're in a place now for these last couple of years where Drake is really sort of just sort of spinning his wheels about where he wants to actually take his career because he flirts with the idea of being this mega pop star, which he wants to be. But at the same time, like he wants to make these three, six mafia raps, which is like, you came in the game way more musically inclined than you are now. And now yeah. we don't know like what you actually want to do with yourself. And so the funny thing is I was listening to Take Care like either today or yesterday. I was listening to Take Care. And then just the sort of production that he has just on that and like the level of detail that him and 40 had with that album to where, like I said, now he's basically just making uh, just generic three six mafia beats. Well, it's not really yeah. generic, but I mean, it's like, like first of all, like quick, quick sidebar. It's really amazing to see how three six mafia from sipping on scissors to Project Pat the real effect that three six has had on this generation of new music, where everything yeah. is really um, screwed. Everything is really heavy on the bass or in the weights, like, and everything is just a random, just sort of fast melodical rapping and three six really was the godfathers of this shit and so the first person to call it out was uh two chains three years ago when he said i got this flow from jersey he got it from migos i got it from three six and then migos was mad at him and, right but, but titty boy called this shit years ago and to see what they did back then I was listening to shit in high school. And so for their generation to be now is really amazing. But to go back to Drake, a lot of his production on Scorpion, the first the first album in Scorpion, a lot of that, like the producers are heavily influenced by Music Mafia. Mm-hmm. And now it's like the thing with like him and Kanye, their beef, it's like super weird. And like the shit with Pusha T, Drake about toting Glocks. Like this shit is wild. Yeah. <laughs> like Drake, oh my God. Drake, who made Best I Ever Had, who made songs about rifling through women's purses when they're taking showers. Uh-huh. This is a man who's rapping about toting Glocks over, <laughs> over trap beats. Like we've got to pause a, a for a quick second with Drake right now, because and this is the same man who made um uh, the, oh my god the 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 last like pop smash he made I can't even think of it right now one dance no like the shit he put on his last album oh uh, used to call me on your head hotline bling no 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 hotline bling the thing the Lauren sample that song. Oh, um, a nice for what? Yeah. This is a guy who made nice for what, which women this year, you know, 
they took that song and ran with it as I don't want to say it was like a female empowerment song because I mean he's a man, but I think women really gravitate to that song for a little while. And so this is the same guy who's basically rapping about he can't wait to see Pusha T or Kanye West fucked up in these streets. <laughs> he can't he can't wait for that sort of bloody revenge. Yeah. And so this he was on Degrassi. Like this is a guy who was on Degrassi making these types of Trap records. responded to Pusha T with a Degrassi reunion. Yeah, and like... Which I still love, by the way, but still, that's not the right response to a Pusha T diss. I mean, that's not the right response to any diss at all. Exactly. <laughs> Let alone, like, Pusha T, who, like, him and Malice, like, they were really about this trap life. Like, they were really... Like, grinding wasn't, like, a, a fluke song. Like, these things was really grinding. Like, and I, I just think sort of Drake right now, I think Scorpion was very overrated. I think Scorpion, I think the first CD was, I actually think the first CD was good, but the totality of Scorpion was very overrated. It was too long. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think that now, like, we're in a period where we see Kendrick and J. Cole and even like Wale to an extent, like they're making the music that they want to, but it doesn't really feel like Drake is that. I feel like Drake, I feel like Drake at this point, he just chases too much. Like he, he really does. Like, you don't, I never feel like Kendrick is chasing. Like I never feel like J. Cole is chasing. Oh, hell. I think, I think, I mean, you can argue, you know, they they try to get too deep or maybe they fake deep or, you know, you know, whatever. You can argue those sort of, I guess, sort of petty points or whatever, but you never feel like what they're doing is inauthentic. Like, when you heard Damn, like, you didn't think that, you know, Kendrick is trying to be something that he doesn't feel like he is. And a lot of what Drake's career now is, it really is sort of the era of that, where... We've heard for years about how he gravitated toward people's styles, took that and sort of made it his own. And that was even like a, you know, a joke on the internet for a long time of how he, if you sat next to Drake, he's going to absorb your power like Cell from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, but, he came in the game and went from so far gone and then he starts getting on the Young Money stuff. And I can't remember if he was originator, but I'm pretty sure he was originator of the, of the, how I don't remember what he used to be called. Like, it'd be like, I'm about, it's about to go down elevator, that whole flow. Like, um, hashtag rap. Yeah. Hashtag rap. Thank you. Like yeah. when he came like right after he started getting with young money, he started using it more. Like it's hardly noticeable when it's so far gone, but he starts using more on young money album. Everybody's saying, Oh, you took that from Sean. Because Big Sean was the one that, yeah. if I recall correctly, was the one using that stuff first, and then everybody started using it in rap. So even from the early days, he was doing that. And I've been—I keep thinking about this in my mind. Rap has gotten so dumbed down and so uh, vibey. Like it's all about the vibe. It's not about the lyrics and mumble and the mumble rap and the auto tune and. 
it, it's gotten so stripped down to a certain point that because it's gotten here and it's so popular, Drake is able to easily create that kind of stuff, and he doesn't have to work that hard. And I, I really feel like to kind of go back to uh, talking about people being stuck in a, a certain place in their career, like we were talking about when we first got on the phone about a certain white rapper from Detroit, I kind of feel like Drake has gotten to that point because while, when Drake came in, rap was, I mean, it was 2009, and while hashtag rap was a thing, you were still out here spitting bars and being melodic. melodic. He was bringing the singing in, and you were still trying to make a good song. But you look at 2018, you turn on um, Shade 45 or uh, uh, the other XM rap station, a serious rap station, and I feel bad, I can't think of it. But if you play that, you can see why Drake would easily just be like, well, I can do this whole Scorpion album, and it'll be fine, because this is exactly what they want. Like, he's giving the people and his demographic what they want. He doesn't have to challenge himself. And I kind of feel like I don't blame him in a sense. I'm disappointed as a fan, though. I mean, shit. I mean, I'm I'm disappointed, too, in all honesty. I mean, because I, I was, even for someone who's written about the ups and downs of Drake's career before, and someone who really fell in love with So Far Gone, but then was kind of disappointed with Thank Me Later, but then really, really fell in love with Take Care, but then was kind of disappointed with Nothing Was the Same, but then really, really fucked with If a Reading This Is Too Late, but then was kind of disappointed with Reviews, but then really right. fucked with um, More Life, and then is really totally disappointed with Scorpion. So, yeah, I haven't, I haven't fucked with a Drake project since, if you're reading this, man, like, because Views was okay, had its moments, more life was, it really felt like he just had a bunch of shit laying around, and he's like, eh, <laughs> here, to me, there were some decent things on there, and then Scorpion, like, honestly, he had like, he had like seven or eight joints on there. Are, are we? Are you? What are you? Uh, are we playing music on the pod? <laughs> oh, you hear that in the background? Sorry, that's, yeah, like a, that's okay. <laughs> no, that was like a plane passing over. My bad. <laughs> I thought you were playing the opening of one of Drake's songs. I was like, oh, we going to get into it like that? <laughs> we going to we going to records? Yo, speaking of Drake, this is fucking funny. So, Pusha uh, Pusha T was asked about. Uh, well, recently the Grammys came out for uh, nominations and for Grand, uh, Rap Album of the Year, Scorpion was not nominated. And of course, someone asked Pusha T about it because, you know, Pusha T is Pusha T. And he said, so someone asked him, were you surprised not to see Drake's album in the Best Rap Album category? And he said, no, I wasn't surprised. I think everyone needs to stay in their respective categories. I don't think me and him in the same category. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. I He's mean, 100% correct. He is, man. And then, and then to come back with the whole after Drake goes on the barbershop or in the shop, whatever LeBron show is called, and kind of says, oh, well, there's rules to battle rap, and I haven't addressed this shit because it's been addressed so many times. And I've, I mean, and I kind of, 
I mean, I don't need to get into that shit. Like, it got covered oh. on Cash Show. It got covered on the Joe Budden podcast. No, no, no. no. No, yeah, there there are no rules to this shit. Like, right. and Drake, Drake is, and I think the shop did him absolutely no favors. One because he looked like LeBron's little brother, which was very embarrassing. He's like, I texted you, I texted oh you, and, and and told you that uh that uh I wasn't gonna put out the diss, and and I want to know how you felt about that, and you and what and LeBron's like, what I say, what I say, and you and you said. That you respected me for it, or whatever, whatever the hell he said. Nah, nah, Drake. Drake was like, Drake was stuttering like a stripper in church. He was like, uh, 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 you, you, you had said, uh, 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 like that yeah. shit. Just, oh my god, he looked. He looked it like a really fool. was a bad look. And then for Pusha to turn right around, and that came out on a Friday night, I believe. Turn right around and goes to the Joe Budden podcast. The one of the hottest podcasts around that's not called hyphenation <laughs> you know, on a Tuesday and then drop that shit about, Oh, you thought I found out about uh, your baby mama from Kanye. No, it was 40 from the, from the lady he was keeping at the time who, who ran her mouth when the money was right. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah, he just gave him another L without having to drop one bar. Yeah, man. I mean, that and it's really wild how having his son dissed wasn't, you know, he, he washed that off. But as soon as 40 got dissed, he's talking about punching people in the face. Like, how are you going to let your son and your mom and your dad just get wildly disrespected on wax within 40, 40s brought up and now you want to clap people like. That's just just hustling backwards. Like that's just just too wild, man. Yes, a hundred percent. And and he took so he took two whole wells from Pusha T. Never never got a comeback. Dropped a weak ass video for what another classic weak ass trick video for what was his biggest song of the year. Um. Oh, what what video was weak? Nice for what? Or no, well, um, no, uh, Kiki, um, whatever the fuck that song's called. I, I haven't even heard it on the radio in so long. Uh, I can't remember what the damn song's called. He, the one with, he went back to New Orleans and all that shit. I mean, it was fine, but then he had Shiggy in there and they had that long ass skit at the end of the video. And he's like, oh, it was a dream. I wasn't really in New Orleans. And it opened with him have, yelling at the girl. Felicia Rashad was the mother. For, yeah. Uh, for, yeah. It, so, and and then of course the Degrassi video. Like I said, as a for as a Degrassi fan of that of that era, and the reason that I wanted to hear Will Chair Jimmy rap, so I was thinking this is gonna be hilarious. And I actually found out I liked the kid back in the day. That was great for me, but I mean, the, yeah, overrated would be the perfect word to describe Drake's twenty eighteen. And so I mean he I mean he had a massive tour with Drake and me uh, with um with Migos and you know I was debating about going to it but I kind of I didn't necessarily want to pay that money to see Drake and Migos cuz I don't necessarily I don't listen to a lot of Migos and so it kind of would have been like an ordeal to go or whatever um 
And then Scary Hours came out at the very beginning of this year, which um, which had God's Plan and Diplomatic Community, which are both flames. They were both good songs. I can't lie. Um, I mean, I I just I didn't like were... Diplomatic Immunity. Well, no, I'm saying that I think both songs are good, but okay, I haven't wanted to I haven't wanted to revisit those songs in forever. So I mean, they don't really have staying power. Right. Yeah. So now. And that's what I think. I mean, like I said, like I, I don't think he's really progressing as an artist. I think he's really, I think he's trying to spin his wheels to figure out, you know, what the next hottest thing is. But uh, I just don't think that we're just in a point where we're seeing very much growth from him. And I don't know where the. I definitely don't know where the next album going to go. I don't know if he's going to get deeper into the trap rap sound or what, but. I think that he, I think he really could benefit from just taking time away from music and just sort of, I don't know. Be a dad? I don't know. I mean, that could that could work for him also. <laughs> and we completely forgot to push a ruin this whole thing with Adidas and send him running back to Nike. Yeah. That whole thing happened, and that's a real thing. So <laughs> that's three L's. That's your money. That's your kid and your family and your friend. And then you found out your boy sold you up the river because he was running his mouth to some girl he was sleeping with. Yeah, man. Well, I don't think that was really... I think... I do think um, Pusha probably just sort of... When Pusha was like 40 told some girl, I think that was... I think that was kind of bullshit. I think... I think he, I think he was just sort of uh, jabbing in a very heel-like way at, at Drake, but... That could be. That could be. It could have been a could have been a, um, a shoot. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, oh, who had overrated 2018, or what was overrated in 2018? It didn't mean anything. It doesn't mean... Right, it had to be a person... Um, here's my overrated thing. All these, uh, all these people that got exposed in 2017, like men that that are just being welcomed with open arms back, back to, to their jobs, so to speak. Like not, not so much, obviously Harvey Weinstein's the fuck out of there, but Louis CK comes to mind. Louis is doing comedy clubs. And I don't know if you heard this, but I think it was the comedy seller, the comedy store, one of those stores in uh, comedy places in L.A. Like Louis C.K. has been shopping, workshopping new material and stuff. Uh, he's getting ready to do a special or whatever, but that's what comedians do. They, uh, they have their new stuff, and then they go and workshop it at their local comedy spots. And then they kind of get it real tight before they roll out on tour. They go and do their special whatever. That's how that's how comedians do, at least from what I've heard over the years, from what I've learned. And that's what he's doing. He's workshopping new material. This comedy place in L.A. totally had a hashtag Me Too night to raise money for the Me Too movement and had Louis C.K. on the fucking bill. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, and then, and then, on top of that, some dude literally heckled Louie about him getting his getting his shit out on stage. He's like, hey, are you going to get your... Because, I mean, obviously that was the thing Louie got busted for, is him whipping it out inappropriately in front of women and just starting jerking it without permission and all that stuff. This dude literally heckled Louie about it. He's like, hey, are you going to take your dick out? And Louie was like, what? And like two seconds later, some security person came over to that guy's table and was like, your bill's paid for. And he kind of made it abundantly clear that he was no longer welcome in the building. And he got thrown out and stuff. So Louis is the first one that comes to mind, but Chris Hardwick is another one. Um, His ex-girlfriend accused him of being a horrible person, and I'm a person who chooses to believe women, personally. Um, So apparently... You can look it up. I don't. I didn't talk about it on the. Sh- I might have talked about it on the show. I don't know. I did a lot of shows this year. Um, I may have talked about what he did to his ex and how AMC actually, uh, unfortunately, on the night that he was going to have Childish Gambino and Yvette Nicole Brown on the show, uh, on his uh, on his own like the, when Walking Dead's not on, he has this show on ABC on uh, AMC called Talking, and it's literally just him interviewing some people, and he was going to have Childish. And you met Nicole Brown on the show, and then this broke, and so they never released the actual episode with them on there. But I mean, he's trash, obviously, anyway. But AMC's like, yeah, he's not going to host anything for a while. Like Nerdist took him off their website because he founded Nerdist, everything, even though he's moved on from Nerdist and has like renamed his podcast, all these things. And eventually, like I'd say it was like three or four weeks later, AMC's like, Chris Hardwick's coming back. We didn't find anything wrong. And then Chris Hardwick came back on in Talking Dead, and I didn't watch it. It's just what I read. He comes back on Talking Dead. He's like, like I'm so glad to be back, and blah blah blah. And he's like saying all this, like um, I've been exonerated, kind of talk and stuff like that. And then he got into the actual episode of Talking Dead and all this, and it's just disgusting how one minute. When something comes out, everybody's like, oh, fuck this guy, and he's horrible, blah, blah, blah. And, like, two and a half months later, we're ready to forgive him and take him back with open arms. Like, I, uh, on Reddit, which I talked about in uh, last episode, um, there's a Nerdist subreddit, and I used to follow it because I used to be an avid listener of the Nerdist podcast, and they would talk about episodes and stuff on there. And when the news broke, everybody was like, oh, I can't believe Chris would do this. This is fucked up. Blah, 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 blah. And then after a few weeks, people started saying, well, what if Chris didn't do it? And then you'd have, like, there's more and more support for people being like, oh, well, she's probably lying, and Chris would never do this. He's such a nice guy, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as that news came out that that AMC was rehiring him and giving him his jobs back. Everybody's like, oh, we never, you didn't, we knew you didn't do it, Chris. Like, they did a whole 180 back to loving him just because this news came out. Like, I'm not trying to say there should be a probation period for this kind of stuff. I'm not trying to say that people don't deserve to be forgiven on some level, but not in the public. Like, I feel like if you're an artist and you've made I don't know, you're living, entertaining people, and then you're in the public eye, and you you find out that this person you support in the public eye has done horrible shit. I kind of feel like you shouldn't support this person anymore. Um, That's just my personal opinion, and I know that you kind of feel the same way. And as much as it pains me, 
I don't want to now to go completely a different opposite direction. I, as much as it pains me, I don't want any part of Kanye West anymore. And for all the things that he, he's done this year, and then for people to be like, he got a fucking Grammy nom for the first time in his life. And the only reason he got a Grammy nod is because he put out four albums in June, or was it five albums? Five or four albums in June that had 10 songs each. And he did a whole bunch of production on it. And the Grammys are, I, I don't know what they're thinking. The Grammys are trash anyway. And they're like rewarding his horrible behavior. And there's still idiots out there while. He's wearing a freaking Make America Great Again hat on his head. Still idiots out there still saying, I love you, Kanye. Kanye just misunderstood. He's trying to bring nothing but love. And and I, I wear all his clothes. And I can't wait till I get the Yeezys. And Yeezus. And he, like, they act like he's living the literal embodiment of Jesus walking the earth still, despite the dumb shit that he's done this year. And it's just like, there has to be a point where you have to realize that you're only helping this person or this toxic person continue to go back to their old behavior. I'm not trying to say people can't change, but you're encouraging them to not change because you're still there supporting them after they've done the dumb shit. Yeah. That is my most overrated thing in 2018. I mean, I think we're, I think because we're, we're at a point where we are holding people accountable, a question that we eventually are going to have to ask ourselves would be um, when, when is the time to forgive? And the funny thing is, I mean, this, this answer can be very simple or it can be very complex. Like, for someone like Louis, who I think is a genius, and mm-hmm. I love Louis, the television show, like I like the stand up. He had a show on HBO that like flopped the first season, but I thought that show was phenomenal. Um, this is a guy who basically trapped women in rooms and jerked off in front of them. Right. And that's something that I will never forgive. And so I would never forget it either. And so there won't be a time where I will look to check for any of his stand up. I won't by any of his anything. And so for me, the answer is simple. Like, I'm just sort of done with them. Um, but for someone like Aziz Ansari, who was a person who, he didn't commit any egregious sexual acts. He was just sort of in a very awkward sexual sort of situation where you can look at him and one light is being, he should have, whenever the woman didn't want to have sex, he should have just ended sort of things there. But eventually she did agree to do sexual things with him. And at the end of the day, when she wrote what she wrote about her experience, her experience was more about regret. But at the same time, he was still very awkward in that way. And so for me, as someone who really did fuck with the master of none, I think for me, forgiving sort of forgiving Aziz for that, that's more palatable. Like that's something that I would be more open to actually doing. Because at the end of the day, like same way when it comes to Aziz. 
Yeah, so at the end of the day, he was someone who was basically sexually awkward. And then he basically had a bad sort of sexual experience where the woman regretted it. And if she could do it over again, I'm pretty sure like everything would have turned out very, very differently in the end. Um, but at the same time, like we're at a point now where I do think we, I don't know if we're really ready to ask like how long it actually takes because we've seen people be very forgiving at a much alarming rate and a faster rate than what other people just aren't like. Um, the rapper that I wrote about, um, XXXTentacion, he beat his pregnant girlfriend. And months later, even while he was on trial, he was getting publicity from hip-hop outlets and music outlets. And he developed his legions of fans. And when he was murdered, he had a legion of uh, rap supporters in the music industry all sort of rest in peace and all this other shit. But this is a person who did something completely vile. And while I'm not saying he deserved death, he at a minimum deserved jail, which he'll never, he'll, he'll just never have. Right. And, you know, I don't think these sort of conversations are very easy. And I do think that someone like Kanye, who is someone who is extremely polarizing now. Actually, no, Kanye has, for the majority of the career, we can actually say comfortably Kanye has been very polarizing. Yes. And so what his year was, which I did want to talk to you about, and sort of this thing of forgiveness that we're kind of talking about now, which I feel like for you, this isn't something that you're going to let go anytime soon. Um, but I know we sort of talked uh, recently, you know, privately about how um, I don't listen to music or I don't feel the need, even though I miss his music, I don't feel the need to go back to it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were saying that you feel like you have the itch for it. Um, do you think that even sort of doing a revisit of Kanye is sort of allowing him to win in 2019? Or do you think that you're going to be, do you think you're going to be completely done with him for a long time? I'm still going to be completely done with him for a long time because what happened was <clears throat> I, I was at Kegler's watching the Browns game and they they're still playing music, whatever, because there's a lot of people there and then like not everybody there was watching Browns game. So watching the Browns game and then Heartless came on. I, I was like halfway through my beer. My first beer was a IPA. It was strong. It wasn't just like a Bud Light or anything. So I had a little buzz going. It was a good shout out to the IPA. Yeah, shout out to a good IPA because some of them things are nasty and I don't fuck with those. <laughs> But I'm no beer snob either, but I do have an IPA, a local one that I really like. Um, but yeah, I was halfway through it, and then Heartless came on, and I was like, man, I remember when his joint dropped 10 years ago. And I was like, man, 808 was so good. Like It, it had such an impact on me, because I didn't expect it to be good. I really thought this was going to be like the first L Kanye was really going to drop. Because after uh, the first version of uh, Love Lockdown came out in summer of 08, I was like, this is going to be trash. And then he cleaned it up, and I was like, okay, I guess this is serviceable. And then the album dropped, and I was like, oh, my God. Um, so I was like, man, I really want to hear 808s. I really kind of want to check it out. And I was, just, I was just thinking about it, and I was like, 
Man, if I check out 808, though, Kanye wins because then then I'm I'm separating the man from the the art, and that that's part of the problem is that we as pe as people are weak when it comes to that stuff. We we want to be able to consume these things we love. Like I kind of mm-hmm. wonder how much my being okay with what happened with disease is even though we both agree that it was more of a date gone wrong versus him out and out doing something horrible. Um, I wonder how much of that has to do with me wanting to see the third season of master nine. Cause I love master nine. Um, and it's like, it's hard to, and I, I get it that it's hard to separate the music, the art or whatever it is from the actual person, but it all goes hand in hand. Like, you, you you just have to consider it. Like there may be people out there who absolutely had I know there is. There's there's people at home in their homes and they look at their DVD collections and they have every single season of the Cosby show. And for years and years and years, they would just pop in a disc of the Cosby show and they'd sit there and watch the Cosby's over and over. And I'm sure those discs have gotten plenty of play over the years. And there's other people who once the Cosby accusation started flying, what was it four years ago or something when things really started coming out, when Hannibal Burris kind of opened up that can of worms and it turned out to be true. Um, once that happened, there's going to be those people. It was like, okay, I'm not, I can't support this guy anymore. I don't care if he's Bill Cosby. I'm going to donate these. I'm going to sell them. I'm dropping the trash and get rid of them. I'm not going to watch them. I don't want any parts of it. And then there's going to be those people who are like, Man, Bill Cosby's really fucked up, but but Dr. Huxtable's hilarious as fuck, so I'm going to go ahead and just keep on rolling through these. And, and it, I, I can't, I really try hard not to give them that power over me, so to speak. So if I even did a Kanye retrospective, would it be fun to go back and listen to College Dropout and and relive Jesus and see if it's still as good as I always say it has been. And, and then go back to 808s and experience, say, say you will for the first time. Um, well, not for the first time, but kind of relive those memories of walking in cold Morgantown, November in 2008 and turning this on and hearing those first notes to say you will and being like, Oh my God, this is going to be, this is going to be awesome. Like, wouldn't it be worth it? Yeah, it'd be awesome to do that. But Kanye wins in that context. And that's the reason that Kanye is beloved despite the idiotic things that he's done this year. And I just can't co-sign that. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's... I think that is sort of... I think people... I, I do going back a little bit of what you said. I don't I think we're in an era where we separating art from the artist, like that just that's just dead. Like like you if you are the artist, you make the art. So you are what you put into the world. So those days of you know, creating and just going in your hole, like those days are just over now. Um and so people Every day they make the decision of what they tolerate and what they won't like. Like I know people who feel as strongly as we do about Kanye, but they still have Kanye on shuffle. Um, I know for me, like I can't listen to Kanye anymore because every time I hear him speak, I see the contradiction. 
Like I see a person who, you know, made chain heavy, but then now all of a sudden slavery was a choice. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And another thing that I just thought of is like, and then you have the people with with Yay where, ugh, I hate even saying it anymore with Amari, <laughs> that will be like, oh, but but he's bipolar. He he's sick, and they want to use. Like he, he, his medicine's not right or so and so. They, they want to bring his mental health into the discussion, and it's like I, I can't even, I can't even let that slide at all. Because I kind of thought I knew there was going to be like a, I didn't mean to interrupt now because this is kind of rambling again. But I kind of thought what was going to happen is when he came out with the slavery comment that. He'd stick by it for a while, and then he would kind of come out with an apology. And we kind of got that because it happened. And then if you remember, like uh, two and a half months ago, three months ago, he was on WGCI in Chicago. And he was like, oh, I'm bringing back all my original managers and everything. And and he was kind of like, I'm coming back home to Chicago. And, you know, I'm really trying to uh, right my wrongs. I realized I was coming from a. Uh, a sunk, like he he might mention the sunken place again, but it was it was his way of saying an apology for the comments without actually saying an apology. And then like two weeks later was like when he was making all the comments about Drake should be talking about my wife under the train. And then next thing I know, he's in the Oval Office with Donald. I mean, he's just a walking contradiction at this point, and so like yeah. that just that just can't be ignored anymore. Like I like. I, any admiration that I have for this, this human being, like, it's just sort of gone now. And I know people, you know, we, I think we all acknowledge that, you know, he needs help in professional ways. But at the same time, I mean, that doesn't mean I still have to give him any sort of attention while he seeks to help or if he ignores the decline to help. So, so yeah, I, mean, I think that going forward, like I said, I don't think there's really a time where I believe that I will listen to Kanye ever again. And I think he's at a, I mean, I can sort of saying this, but I just think he lives on such extremes that um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be, I think this Kanye roller coaster is going to be very, very, it can get into very dangerous territory with him. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, I think he definitely deserves help and needs help, but at the same time, I mean, I think that I don't need to give him my attention anymore. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you, man. And I, I don't know. I, I just feel like if he wanted to get better, if that really was the place it was coming from, I can't. I'm leaving that topic alone. Mental health is such a touchy issue because you don't really know what's going on. But no, I I can't separate that. And this is completely unrelated to Kanye, but I just thought about how this kind of relates a little bit. Um, and maybe it doesn't relate at all. But um, I I don't know if you have heard the name August Ames or not. But she was a sex worker, right? She's a porn star or whatever. And she actually said, made a comment a year ago or something about this. And she was like, she was just saying that if any male performer 
was having gay sex on the side and getting money paid for it that she did not want to perform with that with that uh performer because of just for disease reasons for cleanliness reasons and she made this statement she got harassed so bad about saying this on twitter that it made her literally go and kill herself and there are people out there who will still sit down and watch themselves some august ames porn and i am not one of them <laughs> i will not support i mean i know what happened to her i feel bad for her and i cannot appreciate her work and it's not because it's like oh i can't believe she killed herself it's just like it's more of a respect for the dead kind of thing but there's people who are like man fuck this i'm gonna get my nut i'm gonna watch some august ames it's like dude like have some respect man like she like she killed herself over this shit in a way. And yeah, here you are. You just got to go ahead and do what you got to do. So I don't know why that, I wanted to say that, but it's kind of related to that too, I guess, in a way. <laughs> it's my podcast. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I wasn't really sure where you're going with that one, buddy, but. I pulled maybe... it together. Shut up. <laughs> uh, there you, yeah, you, you did something. All right. <laughs> People, people want the, what they want. I guess, weirdos. I guess, I guess so as well. Um, now, easy segue. <laughs> Shut up. Go ahead. So, well, because we were talking about Kanye and basically sort of, um, you know, revisiting him, and I guess, I guess, choosing not to revisit him, sticking within the music sort of uh, lane. What is your, in 2018, what is your relationship with music now? Like, are you actively seeking new music or are you um, just seeking sort of the classics? Um, because you have, you know, your podcast network, and I know you're a big proponent of listening to other podcasts also. As podcasting and listening to podcasting basically sort of overtook your, your desire to listen to new music lately or for this year? It, it's podcasts have dominated pretty thoroughly everything. Um, I don't I don't know what it is. I, I've had new music on my iPod that I just haven't gotten to. Like I literally just finished the Internet's Hive Mind album like yesterday or the day before, and it's been out for months. Um, I I I just find the comfort in listening to podcasts, and especially when it's about. It's one like it's one thing when it's a show that I like and I like to host everything and um, that's cool. Or if it's one of the, the network shows, of course, I'll, I'll try to keep up with them and try and make sure that I'm checking things out, make sure things sound right, you know. Or at least if I hear something, I'm like, hey, this is going on, or did you know this, or you know, just try to keep an eye on what's going on with the network shows. But then I enjoy listening to certain hosts, but then when they have a certain guest on or a certain topic then it's just like yeah I, i'm completely all in on this and i don't want to stop listening to this to try to listen to this i don't know um for example i haven't listened to prom 2 i've had prom 2 on my ipod for months i've listened to royce's album i haven't listened to prom 2 um and i just can't bring myself to stop listening to podcasts to listen to the new music um i've been doing better lately but I am stuck in my Hamilton right, so I keep going back to Hamilton right now. Um, but I, I don't actively, like, I, I am not up on any new music. 
I don't make any efforts to be up on any new music or whatever. Um, but that's not true. I do check for certain artists. Like I know Wale's put out like another EP since last time I loaded music up. I think I got like his most recent stuff on uh, his most recent EPs is on my iPod. I haven't checked out those. Um, I still got KOD to get to. Cole, why I haven't listened to that? Um, I did listen to. I, I finally checked out some of that Queen Herbie music. I don't know if you've heard of her. She used to be in that pop band Carmen, and then she did like a, a complete flip, and then she's been rapping, and she still sings and stuff. But I checked that stuff out because I um, I was always impressed with her rap covers that she did like a few years ago, like Look at Me Now and stuff like that. I checked that stuff out. So every now and then I'll find something. I'll be like, oh well, you know, let me check this out and everything and I, I still love and i still love listening to music but podcasts has just always been such a bigger thing for me um especially in 2018 like i'd say if you were to get in my car nine times out of ten i'm, I'm gonna be listening to a podcast unless again it's been the last three weeks it's been nothing but hamilton what about yourself marcus you're the one that, that knows all the, the little thugs and the dolls and the and uh, um, all the you, you're the one that's kind of stays up on things and still kind of know things. Well, before I get into that, I was gonna ask you do you listen to podcasts around other people? No, I've I no, I really don't, honestly. Like, like if it's uh. I'm like, I was in Anthony's car. We were like running somewhere like a few months ago and he had on a, a Bill Simmons pod and we were kind of listening to that. Um, but no, I really don't share the pods with a lot of people. Um, most people like, uh, like I just find like, unless someone literally says to me, yo, I'm into this podcast, let's check it out, which never happens <laughs> before I get in my car, you know, or versa versa, I get in their car. I'd never have a conversation. Um, I just find that a lot of my, my friends and, and angels not really into listening to pods and stuff like that. I, I don't put that on them. Um, there's always ideas for saying, hey, you should check out this podcast because I really like this podcast. But I'd never really push the issue beyond my own stuff, kind of. Um, no, it's, it's really more of a solo activity. For me, yeah, I mean, I I definitely never listen to podcasts with anybody. Um, actually, I don't even if like um, if if a podcast is like playing like on like a speaker and someone like comes like near me, like I always pause it. Like I feel <laughs> like it's it's kind of weird. Like I had this sort of very sort of private relationship with podcasts. Like, I've been listening to podcasts for shit. I mean, I've at least, like, five years, probably. Right. Um, shit, I don't know. If it's maybe even longer than that. I mean, but... Um, I was always, um, when I was first got into podcasts, well, I was always walking everywhere in Morgantown. So it was always me just listening to my iPod, listening to 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 podcasts so it was i was born a solo activity so it's really weird to bring someone else into it and it's kind of like we bring somebody else into it it's a 
like if they talk, then you're gonna miss something. Like a podcast is meant to be listened to. Like you don't want to miss a certain part. It's kind of like you're watching a TV show and someone rolls in and like blah 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 blah. You're gonna pause the TV show. You don't want to miss what's going on. Um, and the same thing with podcasts. I I completely pause my podcast anytime I think there's gonna be an interruption because I I don't want to miss out on something. Especially when it's something good. If it's like a Simmons pod, I'm not gonna miss anything other than sucking off Kevin Durant for the sixth time or whatever the fuck's going on there. But <laughs> that's a hot ass take. Not really. Um, I heard that last pod was bad though. The Kevin last Kevin Durant. I think it's Kevin Durant six. I haven't checked it out, but uh, I, I was seeing that point, it was not good. Can, at this point, what does Katie have to say? Like, I mean, he like Katie is just sensitive. Like, Katie is very sensitive to what people have to say to him. He wants, like, he wants the praise, but he doesn't want the critiques. Like, and that's basically all it is. Like, he wants to be viewed as this just this great, infallible NBA player, which he is the second best player in NBA right now. But at the same time, like, you have to understand, like, no, I think. I, I really think Kevin Durant's problem just really boils down to the fact that he can't accept the fact that people don't accept that he went to the Warriors. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, he just can't let that go. So if he just accepts the fact that he shouldn't give a fuck what any other person thinks about him, his choice going to the Warriors would have been way more comfortable. But I really think just on some very very deep level he regrets going to to go and stay. Oh, 100%. 100%. But yeah, podcasts are, are solo activity. Yeah. So, quick sidebar. Other than other than any podcast in the Hyphen Nation group, what's your mm-hmm. favorite part of 2018? <sighs> well, that that's pretty easy for me. Um, it's got to be the Joe Budden podcast, man. Like, it, it's the only pod where I, I can turn on any episode and start from any point. And even if I know I have a 10-minute ride or a three-hour ride, I know that I'm going to be 100% fully entertained. So Joe Budden podcast will be my mainstream pod. And if I'm gonna I'm gonna say that also I'm gonna send a shout out to my boy Maps because I really like the I Black Man podcast. That just so happens to be on the hyphen podcast group. Cause he keeps it all the way four hundred, like I said today on the episode. <laughs> and uh I just appreciate his uh brutal honesty. So I really like his show a lot and Joe Budden, man, like Seeing Joe thrive in this format, especially as a former fan of his music and his output, especially during the mood, the mood music eras, um, seeing him thrive and get to say his opinion and be outspoken and it be embraced, it's uh, it's really cool for me. And he he has some of the best takes and just the the way the whole show is delivered is just really excellent. I think they're a little hard on women sometimes because they 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 get too much in there three dudes in front of a microphone. There's no other women in the room or however many is on that show, which makes sense. We all get like that when we're with our boys. But besides that, I'd say it's my favorite podcast of the year. Okay. Um, I don't listen to Joe. I, I have, 
I don't know. I've been out on Joe for a couple of years, so so no, I don't listen to Joe. Um, but for for me, sort of, I don't know, kind of torn. Like, cause I've been really big into movies this year. So new podcast that I've really been into that's uh, within the Ringer universe. Um, it's called The Big Picture with Sean Fennessy. And he brings in like um, other people from the ringer from time to time, but he also interviews like directors. And okay. he's like pretty a really good interviewer, and so um, he gets pretty good thorough interviews. And so I've been recently enjoying that a lot. Um, I fuck with um, I don't know. If, have you ever heard of um, Back to Back? Um, it's, who's it hosted by? Um, it's hosted by this uh, producer, Jade Hoy. Uh, he used to be under, um, he used to have a, pack, a podcast under ESPN called uh, The Basketball Friends. Um, and he got let go by ESPN during their big layoffs. And so they have like their own independent podcast. Um, never oh, no, I, I did not, I've not heard of this. Okay, so there's a podcast called um, uh, Black Opinion Matter Mondays. And so it's basically like, uh, well, he's not black, he's white, but he he has them under their umbrella or whatever. But it's typically about like every Monday, like um, four or five black dudes, like some of them involved in the NBA, some of them are just like knowledgeable guys, like some of them just funny as fuck. Like they basically sort of run down like, you know, basically, you know, cultural shit, social shit, political shit. It's like really, really funny. And so, um, Black Opinion Matter Monday, like that's, it's called BOM, B O M M for short. So, mm-hmm. um, I would highly recommend checking that out. It's a really good pod. Okay. So, yeah. So, I've been, I would say those are two this year I recommend. And also, I told you earlier this year about still processing. Um, yes. They sort of took a hiatus for a little while, but they haven't posted anything since like um, for a couple of months. Um, but um, actually, one of the guys who's Wesley wasn't Morris. He was actually one on the recent um, Big Picture podcast, and he was pretty lively on there. Um, so yeah, they haven't posted since like at the end of August, but uh, I still fuck with um, still processing, even though. Yeah, you put me on a still processing. I've checked out a couple of their episodes. They actually do a really good job. Yeah, August 29th is their last episode. That's crazy. I thought they came out, and that was right after Aretha died. Yeah, that was the last one, I'm pretty sure. Yep. You you got it. Why why are you off of Joe, though? Like, are you just not not a fan of the, the of the way he does things? You just you just kind of yeah, wrong. Yeah, he's just a bit too aggressive for my taste, and okay. I don't know, man. Like, he's he's kind of a clown to me sometimes. Like, he just like he just sort of just too abrasive about a lot of things, and he just he's just sort of like. I'm the smartest person in the room. I'm going to convince you otherwise. And if I don't convince you, it's because you're too dumb enough to understand what I'm saying sometimes. 
Oh, yeah, it's always been Joe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, I kind of, like I guess I like, I I think I used to follow him on Twitter, and I think a lot of his Twitter was that at one point. So <laughs> I, I, I got off board for that. Um, I but, definitely got off the train a few years ago as far as Twitter goes and, like, when Love and Hip Hop was happening and stuff. But then I, I don't know how I ended up coming back. Like, I think once I realized he started a podcast, I checked out a few episodes. I was like, all right, this is cool. And then once he got his other two co-hosts in there, Rory and Mal, I think things just really started clicking for him. And I, I started checking him out more and more. And then once the Spotify move happened, that, uh, I ch- that, that made me check them out more to see what they were doing over on Spotify. But then also I had to check out his Eminem response episode. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Regardless of whether he was being honest or not about him really going against him in a battle, but I, I do enjoy his aggression, and that just comes from being a fan of his music from a few years back and stuff. So I, I can see where the you where the abrasiveness would rub a lot of people the wrong way, though. Yeah, man, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so we definitely got a lot of side. Side bet, side bar there, bonus side track there. Um, cause oh, so I was gonna say, if you asked me about my relationship with music, I'm actually still doing fairly well on the music tip. Um, I'm definitely getting old because there's a lot of shit that I definitely won't be listening to or checking out. Um, like a I still try to keep engaged with a lot of the um, the newer artists, and mm-hmm. I try to I try to give like sub chances every now and then if it's like a like a new artist that sort of pop. Um, I try to give them a chance, um, and they either fumble it or they don't. Um, but this year, I mean, I've been pretty decent with listening to music. Um, I remember we were talking in Brain Trust a couple of weeks ago about sort of the best sort of music of the year and i think you and lamarique were like what the f- what are these albums you're talking about right 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 because so, i i didn't know that um currency and gibbs had put out an album i had no idea i mean that shit was like super on the radar like i didn't even really see people on the tl talking about it i um i think i saw maybe um two dope boys may have tweeted about it uh, randomly. Um, See, but, I don't follow the Two Dope Boys main account. I follow Shake, I think. Uh, I, I don't follow the main two, the main account anymore. Okay, because um, it was called Fetty. It was produced entirely by the Alchemist, mm-hmm. and, and that's my favorite album of the year. I really fuck with that album a lot. Um, I fuck with Anderson Pack album Oxnard. Um, I gotta go. I gotta revisit it, but I I did fuck with that album pretty heavy. Um, Nipsey Hussle, who's been in the game since like fucking forever, his album Victory Lap, like that shit was fire. I can't believe that was his first actual album. Fuck no, like he's, I don't even know how many shits he's put out. He's been out since, I remember him just like being in this like bubbling in the blog era, but. Yeah, but. I've read somewhere that this is his actual first official album release and that everything else he's done is a mixtape, including that 
Remember he did that, what was it, $100 an album thing or whatever it was a few years back? Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently, and I don't know what I was reading, but he said that uh, Victory Lap is his first official real album. And everything else has just been mixtapes or, or something else, which is incredible considering that he's had the longevity that he's had to yeah. just now be actually putting out his first official recognized album, so to speak. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, uh, people think Victory Apple was probably one of the best of the year. Uh, people saying actually his year. Um, it's in my top five. Um, another newcomer, well, she's not, well, he's not a newcomer, but a newcomer that I really fuck with um, is Megan Thee Stallion. Which is a hell of a rap name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, her, you uh, put me up on some of Megan's music. Yeah, man. Some of her videos are uh, pretty uh, interesting, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, her album, Teen Snow, like that shit was, that shit was really good. I really fuck with it a lot. Um, I've always been in the vein of liking aggressive women rappers. And so she's definitely carrying the torch. Um, so I, I really do fuck with her and gotcha. and J Rock who J-Rock, I keep forgetting I want to listen to J Rock's album. Damn it. I mean every time you or uh, or Lil E mentions that shit, I'm like, shit, I forgot I want to get J Rock's album. I mean the fun I think unfortunately that's sort of the, the thing about J Rock's career. Um, because people don't even know like J Rock was a was supposed to be the first one from TDE to blow up. Like mm-hmm. he was, like he was first up. Um, yeah, but but Kendrick was Kendrick Lamar, and so right. Um, so yeah, Redemption. I think. I mean, shit. That could even go on to like the most underrated of twenty eighteen. Um, like that. I say so. that Everything album, I've heard off of that album is dope. Yeah, another album I, I need to go back to is Mac Miller's Swimming. Um, I listened to it and it was really, really good. But I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time going back because it is sort of, oh man, like it is sort of sad to sort of hear and us talking about Drake not progressing. Like, Mac, Malcolm was a kid who really progressed with his sound. He really was elevating his music, his musical abilities and his talent. And, you know, to see his fire this early in his life, like, it is very sad to be reminded of that. But this was a guy who had immense talent and he was only making better shit. And so that's now my, I need to revisit for the end of the year. Um, so, yeah. Rest in peace, Mac Miller, man. We love you. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, Freddie Gibbs, Freddie, another Freddie Gibbs album, his album, his solo album, Freddie, that came out a couple of months before Freddie came out. Um, Freddie was a really good solo album. Um, Daytona from Pusher, that shit was really good, even though, you know, the, the cover was kind of bullshit. Um, oh yeah, of course we all know who that came from. Yeah, I know. So, so yeah, that fucking sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but that album was really, really fire. Um, minus, you know, 
Omari's terrible verse on it. That album was so really good. And, and I really fuck with um, something non-rap. I fuck with The Weeknd's uh, My Dear Melancholy. Um, I didn't even know he dropped the album, yo. Yeah, man. I mean, Until I was reading a year-end list, I was like, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, man. I mean, that shit, I mean, it was... I mean, I think the sort of thing that we don't really talk about is non-rap anymore. It's very fucking interesting because, like, I think it's interesting in a good way that rap is sort of the predominant music now, but I think it is kind of saddening that rap... I don't think it's rap's fault, but other just music genres just aren't from what I'm seeing, as far as like a, a pop culture sense, like these other music genres just aren't doing it for the most part. Like they just aren't cutting anymore. And for someone like Bruno Mars and Beyonce, who are these mega fucking pop stars, Rihanna, mega pop star, like, you know, R&B is a very niche genre now. And even for people who want to claim that they're the king of R&B, they basically just do rap R&B now, which is not R&B. Um, there's no rock music anymore. <laughs> like, like, who the fuck makes rock music anymore? Like, who? I saw the top 10 rock albums, like rock songs of the year, and like Imagine Dragons had like six of them. Who the fuck wants to listen to Imagine Dragons? Fuck them fuckers. <laughs> like, exactly. Um, like when they made that bullshit song that kept playing on every college uh, football game, like fuck them fucking dudes, man! I don't want to own that bullshit no more. Fuck these guys. Yeah. Remember history? Like fuck you, dudes, dog. Fuck out of here. But um. <laughs> but nah, I man. This song. But no, like where, like who the like the rappers are the rock stars now, like. Like, what is rock? Like, where is. I think the 30 for 30 needs to be what the fuck happened to rock music. <laughs> like, I like, wouldn't be mad at that. I mean, I can't even think of sort of the last sort of group that was meaningful in pop culture. Like, I can't. Like, I mean, Kings of Leon, maybe? I don't, like, I can't even name like a, a rock group that. That like multiple people across sort of listening preferences really really fuck with like, um, I I just can't really name it. I mean, uh, but but yeah, man. I mean, I think I think music as far as rap is concerned, like I think the young kids are a bit iffy. I mean, I like. I listen to <laughs> Lil Baby. <laughs> I yeah, listen to Lil Baby and Gunna's album, and I wasn't necessarily fucking with that. Um, I know you didn't. I know you didn't like Drake's verse from that Never Recover song, um, but I mean that, that that was okay to me. Like that that song was okay. Like the other song, Too Hard, they had like that was okay to me. Um, I've listened to like a couple of other little baby stuff and it's been, like okay. Like I I I mean I grew up on Three Six Mafia and No Limit Records and, mm-hmm. and I mean so I'm I'm a cousin to the trap rap life, like so I'll 
I always in some way fuck with trap rap, but um, I mean at the same time, like it's getting older and you know trying to find the youngest shit. It's it's becoming a challenge. Like I'm not gonna lie, like this shit's kind of hard now. Oh no, I I under, that's why I gave up. I don't. I'm I'm too old for this shit, man. Standing love, <laughs> like. I just don't have the patience to go find Sunday's music or even try to compete to have an ear or anymore, man. Um, that's well, that's another reason why I listen to so many podcasts. It's just easier to just find a good pod and let it ride for an hour, three and a half hours if you're listening to the world's greatest podcast. And, uh, <laughs> you know, versus trying to find something that's accessible to me or something I enjoy. Like, I, I like what I like, and I'll get it, and I'll eventually get to it is kind of my mentality. Like, there's certain things that come out that I was like, okay, I got to listen to this. Like, I had to listen to Scorpion immediately. I had to listen to Wayne's album immediately. Besides that, nothing's really moved me to get right to it. Everything's like, oh, I'll get to it. So, kudos to you for at least still being up on some things, because I don't have the slightest idea. Like, I just hit play on Cardi's album, like, for the first time, and it ended up being a song. It was, yeah, I've had Cardi's album since it came out. And, I, I mean, it ended up here listening to Get Up 10, because I didn't realize Get Up 10 was the very first song. And so um, I was like, oh, I, I know this song, because actually I it ended up in my shuffle a few times. So I was like, oh, this is dope, whatever. But, um, yeah, like, I, I just don't take the time, man. I'm weird like that, I guess. Speaking of taking our time, man, like we gotta send a quick rest in peace to Tumblr. And (laughs) Tumblr really was like the last. um, I don't wanna get too much into it because that may be coming later, but Tumblr was really sort of the last place of community music discovery that I I had. Like, um, coming, like that was at the end of the blog era, but. I was able to find like a lot of independent, a lot of underground artists through Tumblr. And, you know, it is sad that Tumblr is dying this very painful death of not showing. Oh, Yahoo's fault, man. Yeah, I mean, I knew when Yahoo bought it out, I knew like they they wouldn't, um, I knew it wouldn't be the same anymore. Right. Um, But I know from, I think Tumblr, you know, just finding these sort of new, interesting artists. And the funny thing is, I wasn't even, even finding that much rap. But I was finding, like, like um, house music and EDM and, like, chill wave and just the different sorts of aspects of music that I'd never even sort of thought of before. And Tumble was, Tumble was very beautiful in that way. Um, so... You know, rest in peace to Tumblr and finding new music now, like, <laughs> that shit's a fucking crapshoot. Like, if it, like, cause I mean, I'm not, I'm not super young, so I'm not like plugged into the clubs anymore. So I'm, I'm not going to clubs. So finding new music, like, if that, if it doesn't float across the TL on Twitter, um, like, I, I, I'm probably just gonna miss it. So, right. So I think here. 
I think Twitter is now in the way of, I guess, what Facebook probably wants to be, where you're basically sort of going to this for all your things. So you're going to it for your news, for to check on people you fuck with, um, for mm-hmm. music shit. And so Twitter, I guess, is like that for me now. But but yeah, man, if I don't see the shit on TL, like it's just it's just not for me anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I never really discovered too much music on Tumblr. Um, I was a one again, off again Tumblr where I was when I, I think first time I had Tumblr was like 2010, 2011. And I got real heavy on there and then all of a sudden I took a break and then I came back and got real heavy again and then I took a break. And actually it wasn't even a few years ago where I was using it pretty consistently for uh, stuff. But yeah, I, uh, I just... The- I just didn't end up really using it like that, even for music. Because the funny thing is, I was going through some old tweets, and I, I saw where for some reason I found that you quit Tumblr for some reason. Oh my! So yeah, that was in like 2012. I'm pretty sure. No, uh, I, I got I got Twitter up right now. I'm gonna see what I can find under uh, Tumblr here. Type in B hyphen and Tumblr. Let's see what comes up. Damn you, Tumblr. <laughs> December, <laughs> December, uh, or uh, February 12th, 2013. That was like the very first thing that came up. Got my Tumblr, got on Tumblr just to find and follow a pancake blog success. I have a lot of Tumblr issues. I, I keep, I, I was always talking about Tumblr on here. Look, oh, look, here's a tweet that you had. Let's see. I said, damn you, Tumblr. And he said, things you see if you check your dashboard in public. <laughs> and I said, Tumblr rule number one, never check your dashboard in public. There will be female nudity on it. And he said, or even worse, some dude's junk. <laughs> yeah, it's, man. Like, there's plenty of times I open up the junk and the fucking dick is just there <laughs> looking mm-hmm. back at me like, Jesus. I, I cannot say that that's not correct. Yeah, man. Hey, did yes. you deactivate your Tumblr? Yeah, you did ask me about deactivating my Tumblr. Yeah, man. Um, my Tumblr is still up. My likes are just like my likes are just basically this is sensitive material on Tumblr. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, man. Like I think I don't shit, man, because. I guess I'm I I'm thinking about getting into this a little bit later, but. I think for everything that made Tumblr great to take it away, like it really does suck. Um, I've seen like a lot of like, you know, farewell posts on Tumblr, which is very sad. Oh um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that, um, I don't think, um, I mean, I, I really, I've really gone to Tumblr over the last like couple of years. There was actually one point in like 24, either 2015 or 2016 where I got pretty heavy back into Tumblr. Um, but since then, like I've, like I've definitely been out of it for the most part. Um, it's never been the same. Yeah, man. So shout out to, shout out to you, Tumblr. To Tumblr. Um, yeah, man. So, so we don't, I mean, we've, because, you know, 
we sort of talked about sort of the off and on relationship with music. We don't really talk about best artists or worst artists or that, but um, now from 2018, and this can be from any genre of any sort of thing that you can think of. Okay. What, what from this year do you think we're going to look back on and say this is like a classic? Like this is something that is going to stand the test of time. Like this is something that when Aaliyah is our age, she's going to look back on and be like, damn, that shit was fire. Um, honestly, I, I think the only thing I can think of as a guaranteed classic of the year that I'm going to go with is Black Panther. I really feel like when Aaliyah is older, I really think that no matter how this award season turns out, because I'm, I'm sure it might get some few nod noms. It's probably not going to get any Oscar noms. It'll get like those best best design and lighting or some shit like that. But I really feel like the whole story about occurred in in February of Black Panther and and how that movie unfolded. I really think it's going to stand up well, and I think it's going to stand up better than most Marvel movies because as we mentioned. When uh, 53, when we talked about Black Panther, we talked about how independent of the rest of the Marvel films it is, all while being connected still. And I, I really feel like it's going to age well, and I think it will be looked at as a, as a classic movie, um, to be completely honest with you. So that I'm going Black Panther. Okay. That is a... Um... I would say that's a very solid choice. Um, I think that... You're right. It is even with it being within the umbrella of Marvel, it's still a um, it's still very independent. It still has its very own soul. And I was looking at sort of the making of um, Infinity War, and whenever like um, whenever they were shooting like in Wakanda, like talking to you know the you know the characters, like they were basically like going to them for like, you know, what do you guys want to do in this situation? And like whenever Mbaku was um doing their war chant, like he was like telling the director, so this is a chant, like this is a chant that we have, and, like this is what it means. And so this is how we're gonna do it. And like they're like, all right, cool, fuck with it. And so like that's like that's really cool, like how the sort of independent even if it's a part of the bigger thing, sort of independent spirit um, really grabbed a lot of people this year. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, there, no comic book movie is ever going to you know get Best Picture nomination, even if it deserves it. Um, but I think they really did accomplish something very great. I think uh, I think that um, Chadwick Boseman was tired of doing the Wakanda salutes every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Um, but... <laughs> But he's going to have to do it for the rest of his life, so we better get used to it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think when we look back at 2018, I do think that we are going to take, um, you know, Black Panther. The funny thing is, Black Panther may, in its sort of legacy, it actually may even supersede Infinity War, if you want to be honest. Um, I think that Endgame is probably going to be the one that we're going to look back to as either well uh, maybe we shouldn't go into this but I think Endgame 
is going to have a either win big or or kind of. Oh, no, it's just nah. It's going to, it's going to be too long to, to sort of talk about this, but I think that <laughs> I think when we're talking about just Infinity War versus Black Panther in twenty eighteen, I think of course Infinity War is going to get all the accolade and maybe like even the praise in a bit, but I think we're really get both movies. I think that we're going to gravitate more toward the cultural significance of Black Panther um, than what we'll we do in Infinity War. And this mm-hmm. is coming from someone who I watch Infinity War more than I watch Black Panther. And I still think the significance of Black Panther is probably going to be more important than Infinity War. Um, no, I, I 100% agree with that. Like, I, like you said, we don't want to talk too much about Infinity War and game anything like that until we finally get the brain trust together. But um, just, just the, you can listen to fifty three here as gush about this, but just thinking again about the experience of bringing Wakanda to the screen and how that made me feel just makes me know for sure that it's a it's a classic, four hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Um. So. So where are we at now, man? Um, we've been all over the place tonight. I talked really about have. porn and embarrassed you, and you embarrassed me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was the one embarrassed. I was embarrassed. <laughs> all right, okay, and so yeah, so none of us were embarrassed. So I guess Good. we're we're coming up to the <laughs> we're coming up to the sort of um to sort of the end final. game. Yeah, we <laughs> we're in the end game now. That's oh, my yeah. uh, that's my strange impression turning into ash. It was good. That was good. I liked it. Oh, thank you. If it was Tumblr, I would reblog it. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so we definitely covered um, you know, twenty eighteen from a personal, from an artistic, from you know, from different even political, social standpoints. Um so the overall lesson from 2018, what do you think the overall lesson from this year if we can learn going forward? The overall lesson 2018. Oh man. Well I'll I'll go first because I'll let yeah. you there's other things. Yeah, about. let me marinate on that one because I'm about to be a bunch of dead air, I think. So go ahead. Um, I mean, I think that everything socially and just artistically, I think the lesson we can really learn from this year is to to always strive to always continue to progress in some way, um even when the even when we get deterred and even when she is too hard, like we. I think for our own sanity and for our own sake, like we should always be striving to something towards something positive in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I do think that, you know, with the numerous, you know, social, sexual, political movements that we're currently going through right now, um, I do think that everyone really is fighting for their lives in a sense. 
and fighting for their dignity just to be treated as a human being. And so I think that fight has to continue. I think that even if we're not doing it in these grandiose ways where we're, you know, we may not be marching, we may not have protest signs out, you know, we're still progressing in our lives just as people. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, people deal with tragedy, people deal with loss, like people deal with upheaval and change. And I think that what I learned from this year is even with all that, like you still have to progress in some way. Like you still have to take the shit that you've been given in life and, you know, try to make it purposeful, try to make it meaningful. And I've had a lot of setbacks this year. Like um, I, I went through job loss. Like I was at a job that I was working like 50, 60 hours a week working slavery hours and all of a sudden, like, that shit fell apart. Right. And, and I had to bounce back from that. Like, and that was, that was very, that was very trying. Like, very, very trying. Um, and, like I said, that's why, in part, for next year, my goal is to get into the teaching profession. So, I don't have to worry about, I mean, I have to always worry about sort of job security, but not having to worry about, you know, doing things I don't want to do just for money and actually trying to, you know, manifest my, my love for teaching into it actually being a sustainable career. And so, yeah. So like I said, like before, like I'm going to try to use 2019 as a year of making it for myself and I'm going to strive, like I'm going to keep pushing. And so I think, like I said, if you can learn any from, anything from this year, like, no matter who you are, no matter what your standings are like in life, like you can always push yourself to be better. Like You can always uplift other people so they can be better also. And so I think that's, I think that's why I really love the podcast group, because I see everyone... I see you, and I do see that you want to take this to another level. Um, but I do see where you want to uplift these other people and to give them their voice. Mm-hmm. And I try. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a great thing, man. Like, I think that building this network and making these friendships and making these, you know, making these partnerships. I do think, you know this is a very sort of special thing that you're on a cusp of. And I've always been thankful to be a part of your podcast. And so, you know, I speak, I, I think I can comfortably speak for everyone who is a part of the podcast group. You know, this year, you know, thank you for your leadership and thank you for, you know, just really trying to build this network and trying to turn it into something that's great. And, um, I think for 2018, you've done a very good job. And I know there's been times where you've been, you know, even, you know, maybe like dismayed by certain things. And that's okay. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, people have said back from time to time, but I do think you are working toward a higher purpose and a higher goal. Even if it's not clear right now, I do think that you're working towards something that's really, really good and really, really fun and really, really interesting. And so keep it going, man. Like, I think for next year, I hope you do keep it going. And 
I do hope I see this executive producer on on your good friend's album. And oh, yeah. I do think I do think there's great things ahead, not only for you but for the podcast group in general. Man, well, well, thank you. If you're just going to be neural nice to me, I could have had you do this beginning of the podcast, man. <laughs> um, th- thanks. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I am trying to build something here, and it's it's nice to be recognized. But we 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 got a lot of work ahead of us. But we've done a lot of great work this year too. So I'm grateful for all of you, including you, for sitting here for. What are we almost up to three hours? Because I said, "Hey, let's do a, like a ninety. Let's hang out for two hours and do a show." And we're like, "I know we're at like two forty-five at least." Where's the Skype at? No, it's uh three twenty-five actually on my recording. So there we go. <laughs> it's almost one in the morning here. Ah, so I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody in the group. But and and I do plan on keep keep going, but. The thing I take away from 2018, it actually is related to the group too, because working with um, creatives in the podcast field or in the writing field when it comes to to you and stuff, it's it's really it's really motivated me a lot more than I expected it to, um, because a, a lot of the times, like say even the first year hyphenation. Um, when it was like really me by myself, when I found out that Eric was going to be doing a show, I was like, oh man, you're going to be doing a show. I was like, well, I have this idea, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, the pod, the podcast group wouldn't even exist if it hadn't been for uh, Eric deciding to do, um, it's like a podcast or whatever. And then, and then E and Anthony deciding to do Browns in Our Blood because I was, I need a concept beside my own. And, uh, and then once they, they were like, oh, well, yeah, we're, we're totally down. Like, if you want to try this thing out, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I can, I kind of have an idea and we'll push it this direction. So building those relationships with, with Eric and Anthony and Eric and Eric Jordan are some of my best friends, but getting to know Lamarique a little better and, and seeing their show grow and seeing them kind of overcome the loss of uh, K-Rock, unfortunately, I mean, not it's not unfortunate she's having a baby and she moved, but you know, <laughs> she, yeah. she's a great talent and uh, she brought a lot to the table and was a great co-host for Handsome Bane. Um, but then also the other shows that that have come in as well, like Little E and or EG or Ghost Dog, whatever he goes by, <laughs> and catch the show. I'm really proud of him. Uh, we had a great conversation a few weeks ago about the Sound Vision reunion. That was awesome on his pod. He, he he's really coming along nicely. And then, like I said earlier about miles, bringing him in, um, just being able to have these conversations with all these different people from all over the place. Um, and not just being people in Morgantown. It, it's really cool. And it's like, like actually the intro for this episode is going to have no last of us. The episode that I recorded this morning, uh, 79, it has an intro on it from, um, Miles and he lives in Detroit, and that's how Eric knows him because Eric's from Detroit. He recorded a special intro for the show. I haven't even listened to it. He sent it to me already, and so you're hearing this from the future, <laughs> <laughs> technically, because it's going to be episode eighty. Um, but it, it really, even just the small things like being in the Brain Trust uh, 
group chat on Twitter and stuff and having a place where, yeah, we can mess around and make jokes at the same time, but we're bouncing ideas off each other, even if it's dumb stuff or random theories about infinity war or just, 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 they're just little pick me ups throughout the day and being able to connect with someone else on that level creatively through podcasting or through writing or just mutual appreciation of something. It's something that I've really taken away from 2018 and it might, it might just be because it's coming along with age too. It's like, I don't want to say I didn't appreciate uh, doing music creatively with some of my peers back in the day and stuff, but I was more of a competitor back then. Like I mentioned on catch the show and I appreciate all of them way more now as family that I was in the trenches with doing music instead of thinking, all right, so how can I make a song better than this dude so that I can get more attention or make this verse better than this guy? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, I, I really enjoy all the interactions that I have with, with a lot of my friends in general, but then just with, with you guys and being able to have a safe space to say what I need to say. And that's what this podcast has always been for me anyway. So being able to expand that has been really a, a great thing that I've needed a lot of times in 2018. So, so that's what I'm taking away and taking into the new year with me. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> I think that I do think that, yeah, you did use this as a uh, safe space in a lot of ways. And I mean, there's definitely nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, shit, my blog was definitely a safe space for me. I mean, I, you know, I, I tried to be, well, not even try. I mean, I, I mean, I tried to be like extremely honest and extremely thoughtful about a lot of things that I saw in society and culture. And I mean, I mean, there's stuff I even wrote about myself that, you know, you know, being honest about myself with, but still feeling comfortable enough to trust that, you know, my blog was a really good space to put that information. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do hope. I am glad to hear that you do. You know, are I'm oh, sorry. I'm I am glad that you are appreciative. You know, of the you know community that you are building because, like I said, man, I do think this is pretty special what you're doing. And keep it up, man. Like just keep it up and keep it going. And any new ideas, like you can always hit me up or hit the trust up and flesh it out and you know see what comes out, man. Because I don't think you're going to have like a lot of ideas are going to be shit. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I think, I think the first part of trying is, I guess, just putting it out to the universe and, you know, if it sticks, if it sticks, if it doesn't, you know, just find the next best thing. I'm just working on a uh, Mark Rob, the podcast next, <laughs> but then you'd probably be like, I'm too busy to come on your show. So never mind, Forget it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I work way better with a pair. So yeah. So yeah. Trust me, it took a while to get this show when I'm by myself to where it was because I got I've listened back to uh, those early episodes when it was just me in the car in the Kroger parking lot. And I'm like, man, like I, I was really flying by the seat of my pants. I didn't have no cool intro. <laughs> I didn't, there was no next topics. 
it was literally just me and talking into my microphone, my little headset mic and trying to trying to put something out there in the world. And here we are now where we're at episode 80, man. We're we're this close to getting a hundred. We're well the goal that's another goal. We'll get to hundred episodes for twenty nineteen. So and that's only twenty more episodes. Definitely, man. I mean, we gotta gotta do something big for the one hundo, man. I wanna do something big. I have some ideas. Oh. So I yes. have some ideas. So I, yeah. I wanna do a multiple guest show. So I, I I'd have it take some doing. So it definitely it, it might even be to the point where I might have to actually break it up into parts because I, I would want if it's just one recording session, I don't know. I don't know how it would work. But it would involve Skype and people being here. I don't know. But I do have something in mind. Yeah, man. Do it. <laughs> just flesh it out. Well, you're going to be part of it, so be ready to write a bunch of questions. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I'll ask all these people random questions that they're going to be forced to answer about themselves. I'll do that. <laughs> don't ask Angel any trivia, because as I learned, she is not a fan of being put on the spot like that. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that, man. Oh, she was not happy with me on 75. Oh, I heard. You know, <laughs> you know this. And she's like, can't believe you did this to me. Blah, 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 blah. But I love you. <laughs> <laughs> What's love got to do? Got to do with it. Exactly. So I think, I think that brings us to the end of our program, doesn't it, Mr. Mark Rob? It does. Uh, do you have any um, any parting words for the lovely listeners? Right. Oh my God! You just took my line. Do you have any parting words for the <laughs> listeners, or anything else that you want to say before I close it out? There. Um, just keep fighting. Like, don't give up the good fight, man. Amen. That's a good one. Did you write that yourself? Oh yes. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> writer's block over um alright so this has been hyphenation another banger for that ass <laughs> <laughs> go watch Dipset the movie it's on YouTube I just sent it to Marcus it's really old though so it's it's like 2006, 2006 YouTube in a bottle you'll enjoy that um <laughs> Go watch some WWE Network, maybe, if you're into that. Especially, particularly, WrestleMania 13 in the beginning of that. Look at Marcus's uh, Twitter to find out why. If you want to get a hold of Marcus, though, he's at Showing Mad Love Robinson on Twitter. That's Showing with no G, S H O W I N, Mad, M A D L O V, Love on Twitter. So make sure you hit him up, man. Let him know how you feel. Kim, he, he always loves hearing from his adoring public because Lord knows there's a lot of his adoring public out there that he just doesn't <laughs> want to believe is there. But he, he does good work. And he, he always does, I always have a great time talking to him. Even when we try to do a short episode, it just does not happen. So life goes on. Hope you enjoy this. And uh, sorry about the August Ames thing. I'm not really that sorry, but <laughs> it was a weird segue. I'm leaving it, though. It is what it is. So without further ado, Marcus, until next time, my friend. 
And, I, and we will talk to you soon. And to the listener, thanks, y'all.